out of Colossians chapter number 3. And so if you want to be turning there to Colossians chapter number 3 this morning and looking forward to the lesson this morning. And uh, New Year's is a great time to uh, refocus or maybe hit the reset button. And for some, it's just a, really a, a beginning. And in your life as a Christian, let me just encourage you and challenge you to always be pressing forward in your Christian life. Nobody's, nobody has arrived. Nobody is there. Uh, none of us are, are perfect. None of us in this life will be. But the whole goal of the Christian life is to be maturing and to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so from uh, Colossians chapter number three, we're going to look at one verse today. And I've entitled the lesson this morning, Opportunity is Knocking. Opportunity is Knocking. I think that's what a new year is, is it's a great opportunity to see a brand new year, to see some things happening in your life. And I want you to notice verse number 17 here in Colossians chapter number three. And look at this verse. It says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everybody see the verse there? All right. Let's read that verse together. All right. Let's everybody put your eyes on the verse. And here we go. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus to God and the Father by him. Great verse this morning. And I want you to think about this because as we think about the new year and the opportunity that God has given to us, God's left us here for a reason. If you're, you're saved this morning, according to the word of God, you are a child of God. God's giving you an opportunity this year. I look at every day as a new opportunity. I get up every morning thinking, thank you, Lord, for another day to live for you. And that's what we want to see is, is that it's, it's our responsibility. Now, as you study the Word of God, uh, there were many in the Word of God that realized, hey, listen, maybe there's some things in my life that ought not to be there. Uh, one, of the, one of the verses that's been dear to me over the years is Psalm 139, verse 23. Look at that verse there in your notes. The, the psalmist wrote, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Now, God knows everything, right? God knows everything about us. God knows what you're thinking right now. God knows what you were doing before you came to church. And God knows what you're going to be doing after you leave church. And the psalmist says, Lord, search me. Now, you don't want to ask God to do that unless you really mean business. Because if we ask the Lord to search us, God will. Uh, you know, even in our thought life, and Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, look, I certainly can't know your heart. i, I be honest with you, from time to time, I struggle with my own heart. Uh, and I'm not here to to, to, to understand what's going on in your life. That, that's the job of the Holy Spirit of God. But listen, all of us, as we, as we knock on this new door, this new year of 2018, all of us have to understand that if we're going to go into this new year, it's kind of like when we have the Lord's table, we come together as a church family. What do we do? We examine ourselves before we partake of that 
that Lord's table, those elements. And when I think about this brand new year, I want this new year to be a year that God can work, that God can bless, God can use me. And I hope that's a prayer of your heart. And so maybe today and maybe these next couple days, like the psalmist, God search me. Uh, as he says here, try me, know my thoughts. Why? Because our hearts are wicked. Uh, sin is something that all of us deal with. Notice here that as you think about the opportunity that God gives to us, what we need to do is we need to open our hearts and we need to take anything out that doesn't belong there. Now, a lot of times people have different definitions of what sin is. I like what somebody said. I've given it to you here in your outline, what sin is. Notice man calls sin an accident, but God calls it an abomination. Man calls sin a defect, but God calls it a disease. Man calls sin an error. God calls it an enmity. Man calls it a liberty. God calls it lawlessness. Man calls it a trifle. God calls sin a tragedy. Man calls it a mistake. God calls it madness. Man calls sin a weakness, and God calls it willfulness. And then, folks, listen, sin is something that we do of our own accord. And I, I was reading about this matter of sin. You know, sin leaves its mark in our lives. The wages of sin, the Bible talks about. And I was reading how they, they reported in Consumer Report, they actually put out a, a book and it's entitled, How to Clean Practically Anything Out of Something. And what this little booklet does as it begins to tell you all these different solvents that you could use to remove certain stains or certain chemicals that have maybe gotten into fabric or carpeting, things like that. I was reading through there and it says that uh, you, uh, glycerin will remove the stain from a ballpoint pen. And maybe, maybe you've, uh, your ink pen, I know I've had a few dress shirts where the pen broke in my pocket and it just pretty much ruined that dress shirt. But it's hard to get uh, ink out of, a, out of a clothing. Boiling water will remove berry stains. Uh, vinegar will remove crayon stains. I haven't had crayon stains since my kids were little, but hey, I got grandkids around now. Um, uh, let's see here. Ammonia will remove blood stains. Sometimes you get maybe, maybe cut yourself or something like that. You get it into the fabric. Alcohol will remove grass stains. Hydrogen peroxide is good for magic marker stains. Blood works on mildew, uh, excuse me, bleach works on mildew stains. And lemon juice works well on rust stains. But in their book, as you look through there, the book doesn't list anything on how to remove the stain of sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Must be in the right church this morning. You think about the stain of sin, all of us, according to the Word of God, we're all born in sin, and it, it, listen, it's because of what Jesus did for us that we have this opportunity called a new year. So this morning, I just want to give you a, a couple of simple thoughts, and I want you to think about this opportunity. Notice, first of all, the range of our opportunity. Going back to Colossians 3.17, what does the Bible say? It says, whatsoever ye do in word or deed. 
Now, there's two categories that we see here because everything is, if, look, if we are Christians, let me just ask you this morning, this is Sunday school, don't you believe that everything that a Christian does should be something that is spiritual? Right? There should be something different between us and the world we live in, correct? If we're doing the exact same things that the world is doing, then honestly, how will they ever hear of Christ? How will they ever see that they're saying, you know, I, look, I hope that maybe somewhere in your life that somebody has made some kind of comment to you that, that, that basically tells you that they notice that you're different than other people. And they should notice a difference. And as we think about our lives, we should be living lives doing spiritual things. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 17. The Bible says, comfort your hearts. And notice the words here, establish you in every good word and work. That's what we need to establish our lives in is good words and good works. Things that will, look here, that will bring honor to the Lord. Things that will edify God. And, and the Bible says here, whatsoever you do, notice here, in word or deed. So notice, first of all, the range of our opportunity, the extent of this brand new year, the scope of it is, first of all, in our words. Okay, now this is what, of course, what we say. Now it's very important because I get around some people and I guess I, I come from a, a family and maybe some of you might be the same way, but I have to kind of watch this because our family is very sarcastic. Uh-huh. And, and some people, some people that are not around people that are sarcastic, uh, when they hear somebody being that way with someone else, they kind of look at you like, whoa, y'all talk to each other that way? You know, and, and, and honestly, we have, to, we have to watch ourselves because, listen, people are listening to every word we say, and if we say something, then they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute, I thought he said he was a Christian. I thought she told me that she goes to church and she knows the Lord. And the Bible, notice again, whatsoever ye do in word. The things that we say. Look at Matthew 20, 12, verse 34. The Bible says Jesus uttered these words, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Folks, I, I may have been last Sunday I mentioned, or maybe the Sunday before, but, but if it's in our heart, it's eventually going to come out our mouths. And that's why it's so important that we're putting good things in, we're putting biblical things in, spiritual things in, because, listen, if we're putting the wrong things into our lives, they're going to go to our hearts, and the Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. And look, the, the, you know, out of the same fountain can't be good things and bad things. We have to understand here that Jesus said, look, out of the abundance of the heart, our words reflect our hearts. And that's why a great verse to live by in the same book, Colossians chapter number four, look at verse number six, look at this, let your speech be always 
with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. That's a great verse for us to understand is, is, look, when we answer somebody, when we talk to somebody, when we say something to someone else, the, the, according to the word of God here is that our speech needs to be always with grace. Always with grace. Whatsoever you do. Look, God's given us this opportunity of a new year, and let's make sure that we're choosing our words wisely this year in what we say and how we say it. You know the old adage when you were a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, right? What's the rest of it? Yeah, words do hurt, don't they? You know, somebody ever said something to you and it, it just cuts you like a dagger. You know, one of the things I think that's really hard in this day that we're living in is because we're living in such an electronic uh, age and media age, is people send transmissions by, you know, Facebook or email or text message. And a lot of times things are lost because, you know, you don't get the feeling or the heart behind it. You ever get something like an email and you're reading it and you're like, wow, they're, they're mad at me, you know? And then you talk to them and they're like, no, that, I, I'm not mad at all. I'm like, well, that, that's what it reads like. That's what it sounds like. And a lot of times, if you're, if you're like me, especially being in the ministry, if I get ready to send something out, a lot of times I'll, I'll go ahead and type it up, but before I hit that send button, I'll read it again. Sometimes I've actually asked my wife, I'll say, listen, uh, you know, there's, there's someone that I want to answer because this is what they asked me, and I'm going to send this. And so what I'll do is I'll send a proof to her, and I'll say, I want you to read this and tell me, does this sound in any way wrong because if it does I want to change it you know and and a lot of times I'll do that with maybe with my wife I know even with brother Kenny I've asked the same thing with him I don't want them to get the wrong impression and the Bible says whatsoever you do look this this opportunity that we have that is knocking on our door this brand new year the Bible says in our words we need to be careful about what we say but notice also indeed this is what we do it's not just the things we say but it's also the things that we do now folks it's so important to understand because this year you are going to do a lot of things okay all of us are we're all going to be busy doing things and so it says here that as we think about this new year Look what James wrote there in James chapter 1 and verse 19. Wherefore, notice, my beloved brethren, let every man, and by the way, ladies, this is, this is all-inclusive. A lot of times the Bible, when it uses the word man, and not always, because there is a word that means just the male gender, but a lot of times it's all-inclusive. The Bible says here, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, the Bible says that 
it's not in just what we say, but it's also in what we do. Not just in word, but in deed. A lot of times I think about things that I, and I, I'm glad I kind of learned this from my mom years ago, is uh, I learned a long time ago, it's, it's not necessarily the big things we do. Many times it's the small things that we do. And, uh, you know, I tell a lot of times I'll, I'll see young guys that are in love, you know, and, and they're trying to impress a girl. <clears throat> and, and they'll tell me something they did, you know, and they, how they, they bought her like three dozen roses. And I'll look at them and I'll say, okay, now, how are you going to top that? Four dozen? You know? And, and I've, I, I've told a lot of young guys, I said, look, you know what? You know what would mean a lot to a lady? is one single rose and a little bitty note. That's all it takes, you know? And, and it, it, look, in everything we do, not, not only in our words, but in our deeds, our deeds, just like our words, our deeds reflect our hearts. It's out of our hearts, the things that we do. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we throw this around. My wife and I have been married for 33 years, and a lot of times we'll say to each other, I love you. But sometimes after you say something so many times, it just seems like it's just words. So a lot of times what I'll do is I will show her. I'll do something. Now, it's various things. Like yesterday I painted some stuff at my house. And when I got done, she thanked me for painting. You know, and listen... Uh, that's a way that I can show her. I told her, I said, you don't have to thank me. But, but folks, listen, this year, as God gives us opportunity, let's just not be people that say things, but let's also, from our hearts, do some things. And I hope that you think about something that you can do in this new year that we have ahead of us that we can do in word and in deed. So, look, first of all, the range of our opportunity is the extent of this new year. Look, folks, 365 days. You have a blank book, and, it, and it's up to you to start filling it in, to writing things into it. What will you say this year, and what will you do this year that comes from your heart? When I write notes to, to many of you, I probably have written notes to you. Uh, I don't. Those aren't some form letter that I write. I sit down and I type those out, and uh, now I do, once I typed them out, I send them to my wife, and she does a great job of putting them on the stationery, things like that, but those are for me. I've had many times where I've gotten like a form letter from somebody, and I think to myself, wasn't a whole lot of thought in that, you know? It's kind of like, and again, if you sent me one, I'm not, I'm not upset, but sometimes on Christmas, uh, people, they, they, they'll get their phone out and they'll send out a group text. And, and uh, you know, the reason you know that is because my phone, for some people, just lit up all Christmas because it was all the other people that were connected to that one text that just kept answering back to that person. And I'm like, how do you shut this off, you know? My phone all day long and it had nothing to do with me. Listen, Everything we do, God's given us a brand new year. And I notice here the range of it. But secondly, look at this. What's the relevance of this opportunity that God's given to us? If opportunity is knocking, what's the relevance behind it? In other words, this new year is going to have a direct bearing on 
our lives. It's going to have a direct bearing on the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of times I tell, like when, when Brother Kenny, when he does something with the teenagers, I remind him, and I know he knows this, but I'll say to him, now make sure you remind the teenagers that when they're at that activity or when they're out doing something, that they are representing the Lord Jesus Christ and they are representing this ministry. And many times, you know, like we, we uh, decided we were going to uh, have, a, have a softball uh, team and we have a good time. We don't win any games, but we have a great time. And, and, and the thing about it is, is that I, I told uh, Brother Chris, I said, now look, when we're out there, understand that everybody's going to have a good testimony or they're not going to be playing. And the reason for that is because, again, we are a direct reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand the relevance behind this opportunity. Look what it says there in chapter 3 and verse 17 again. It says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, look at the second phrase, do all in the name of who? The Lord Jesus. Now, look here, how much, according to verse 17, do we do in the name of the Lord Jesus? How much? All. That means everything you do. Every last thing that you and I do, we need to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything in our lives that is not associated with Jesus is something that is not spiritual. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. But anything that's not associated with Jesus is not something that's spiritual. This new year, what you and I need to do is we need to honor the Lord with this new year. Well, how do we do that? Notice, first of all, notice it is for His honor. This new year is for His honor. One way that we can honor Him is by being in His Word, being in the Word of God. Look, folks, I know what it's like, even as a pastor, where you have good intentions to read your Bible, and things happen. I mean, you know, you, you get up and I like to, how many of you like to read your Bible in the morning? In the morning. How many of you like to read it at night? I don't get that because at, at the end of the day, I am so tired, I can't even think straight. Now, again, if that works for you, then go for it, stay with it. But look, a lot of us have good intentions and here's what happens. We sit down with a brand new Bible reading schedule, January 1st, and we make it to about January 4th, right? It happens every year, doesn't it? Now look, folks, you have to understand that if you read more Bible this year than you read in 2017, then I'm going to tell you something, your life is going to be better than it would have been last year. Uh, maybe you get off track and maybe, maybe somewhere along the way, uh, you, you, something happened and you got off your Bible reading schedule, then look here, pick it up again. Start reading it again. Uh, find a way, because look what the Bible says. If we're going to honor God look like they did, look in Acts 17, they were more, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And why were they that way? Well, the Bible says they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and they search the scriptures how often? Daily. Daily. You know, a lot of times people, people are like, you know, Pastor, why do you give outlines? Because there's no way that you're going to remember everything in a message or a church service. Now, look, I'm not, I don't want you to remember what I say. I want you to remember God's word. 
I've had many times where some of our church members have come up to me and said, Pastor, you know that message uh, that you, and, and a lot of times when they say it to me, because I, I think I looked yesterday, I think I've preached uh, 263 messages this year. And, and they said, you know, they started to tell me, and, I, and in my mind, I'm going, I think I remember that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, I do the best I can, but when you get that many messages in your, in your mind, and, you know, and, and they'll start to tell me, you know what they did? They took this home. And they sat down somewhere during the week and they meditated on it. And they thought about it. I still have all the outlines from all the churches that I ever went to that my pastor gave out. To me, these are, these are tools is what they are uh, that you can go back and you can think about. Now, some people, like my daughter, she, uses, she got in the habit years ago of using a journal. And so what she does is, is instead of using these when she's in church, she'll sit there with this outline, but she'll handwrite the message. And as, as maybe as something I said or something God speaks to her about, she'll write it in there with that. And then she can reflect back. Look, folks, we've got to search the scriptures. It, it's not that you're here to prove something wrong that is said in church, but there's nothing wrong with searching the scriptures and, and seeing it for yourself. How do you think God gives me the messages that I preach? Because God leads me to a place in the Word of God, something for our church, something for you. And a lot of times, I, don't, I have no idea the audience. I mean, I might know who's going to be here if they're in church, but I don't know what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their life. And it's so important that if we're going to honor God this year, one way you're going to honor God is to be in the Word of God, to search the Scriptures. That is one way that we can honor Him. Folks, we can honor God in every area of our lives. Look at another great verse I love, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. You know, folks, do you still pray at mealtime? Are you thankful for the things that God has given to you? Because the Bible says, do all for the glory of God. Uh, I, years ago, I didn't know this family, but I heard about a family. They'd go grocery shopping and they'd come home and their groceries were still in all the bags. And before they put them away, they would pray over all the food so that they didn't have to pray before every meal. <laughs> now, I, that personally is a practice that I've never tried before. But uh, I think, look, and by the way, we're, when you're out in public, people are, are not afraid to say anything and everything. So what's wrong with a Christian bowing their heads and praying for meals? My wife and I, we were in, uh, we were in Costco about a couple months ago, and we were there, and I don't know why, but we just kind of, we got hooked on the hot dogs. If you ever want a good meal for $1.50, Costco hot dogs. And a soda for a dollar fifty. You can't beat it, you know. Uh, my wife and I were big spenders, you know. And we we went in there and and we got a couple hot dogs. We sat down and we were getting ready to eat. And I didn't have to say to her, "Don't touch that hot dog till I pray," you know. She just she knew. She just kind of was waiting. I sat down and I bowed my head and I just said a prayer. And by the way, I didn't sit there and pray to all the all the gods of this and you know to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I mean, I didn't pray through the Bible. But I didn't say, bless this food, amen. You know, I mean, I just, I just said a little prayer. 
And I didn't, oh, God, I wasn't praying like that either, you know. But I also wasn't going, amen, you know. And so here's the thing is, is when we got done praying, we grabbed our hot dogs and we started to partake. And, and this lady behind my wife goes, amen. She was listening to us. She was listening to us. You know, I, years ago, I had my, my, my daughters here and, and my, my daughters were real young. She probably doesn't even remember this. We were at a, a mall in, in uh, Baltimore and my wife was doing something that day. And uh, the girls were really young, and I so I took the girls and we went to uh, we went to a spiritual place called Chick Fil A in the mall, and uh, they're spiritual because they don't open on Sundays. And so uh, we we got some food. We, we we were looking around, and it was lunchtime. I, whatever possessed me to take my daughters to to the food court at lunchtime in the mall. And I looked around, and I thought there's nowhere to sit. I mean, all the day, and I saw one right in the middle of the whole area. And uh, so I took my daughters, went over, and same deal. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. We got to the table. I got four hungry young children. And, uh, you know, back then, well, still, they, they still don't listen to me. But back then, they, they and, and so we, we sat down, and, and I started to take their food out and set it in front of them, and not one of them touched their food because they knew that we were going to pray before we ate. And so I bowed my heads and, head and, and I guess they bowed their heads. I don't know what they were doing. And we had a word of prayer and I got done praying. And, and so the, they started to dig in and this lady walked over and she goes, it's been a long time since I've seen anyone do what you just did. And I'm thinking, what, did one of my kids like take somebody's food? I mean, you know, it was just, folks, honestly, the Bible says here, the relevance is that everything in our lives, we need to do all for the glory of God. We can honor God by, by being controlled by godly things, having the right control in our lives. Look at Philippians 1.11. Being filled with the fruits of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. You know, good things, godly things. People are full of a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> But we need to be full of the right kind of things. It says here, which are by Jesus Christ and the glory and praise of God. So when you think of the relevance, look, it's, this new year is going to have a direct bearing on our lives. It's going to have a direct bearing on the Lord. And so what you and I need to do is realize that this new year should be for His honor and it should be by His power. Uh, look, if we're going to do anything for the Lord this year, we've got to have God's power in our lives. Uh, I need it every day. And by the way, you, as God's children, need it every day, too. We need God's power in our lives. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The power may be of God. You know, you start to talk to someone, and you're amazed after you get done how, the, how that conversation went, and it's because God began to work. I think a lot of, about the book of Genesis chapter 49, uh, look at what it says here, his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. The hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Folks, listen, that's what you and I need is to be strengthened by God's power. Look, this year is not only for his honor, but it's by his power. I read this story about this boy that was traveling by airplane. He was going to visit his grandparents and he was so excited and he got on the plane and he just happened to sit down next to a man that was a seminary professor. 
And he's sitting there, this little boy, and he's, he, it, this was Monday, and the day before, when he was at church, he was in his Sunday school class, and they gave him a Sunday school uh, piece of literature that he colored some stuff on, but it had scripture and some other stuff on it. And so he still had that with him when he went on a plane. He th- his mom thought it would be nice something that he could you know, be distracted and have with him when he went on the plane. And so he kind of, it was like his little treasure. And he sat there looking at that, and this professor looked over and saw it. And this seminary professor thought, I'm going to have a little fun with this little boy. He sees this little Sunday school brochure and so he, the seminary professor asked this old boy, young man, if you can tell me something God can do, I'll give you a big, shiny apple. If you can tell me something God can do. The little boy just kind of sat there for a minute after he asked him, and then he replied, mister, if you can tell me something God can't do, I'll give you a whole bushel of apples. God can do anything, right? Listen, there, there's power in the name of Jesus to save someone. Look what it says in Acts chapter 4. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You think about that. There's power in the name of Jesus. And folks, we need God's power. If we're going to honor the Lord this year, then understand the relevance of this year is it's going to have a direct bearing on our lives, a direct bearing on our families, our church, our community, our country, and this world. It's so important, but we have to have God's power. And then notice the last part of verse 17 is, look, we have to understand what our response to this new year that's knocking right now, what's going to be your response? Okay, we're going into 2018. Are you going to be one of those, just another year? You know, that's my dad's philosophy. It's just another day. You know, I'll call him and say, happy birthday, dad. He'll say, just another day. You can look at 2018 and say, it's just another year. Or you can say, listen, I want 2018 to be a year that God is going to work, that God's going to do something in our midst. And look what it says in the last part of verse 17. It says, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Giving thanks, giving thanks to God. You know everything, including a brand new year, everything begins with an attitude, right? Every day you get up. Some of you came in this morning, you had a smile on your face. Some of you didn't have a smile on your face. You know, our attitude determines our altitude. Isn't it interesting how weather affects our attitude? You know, uh, you know it's, it, it, it was in the 50s, and I've seen some of you come in today like this, you know? And I just reminded some people, you know, hey, listen, there's parts of the country right now, it's negative seven. Be thankful. 56 sounds pretty good right now, you know? I mean, folks, listen, attitude our response, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. I read this. This is a true account. You can look yourself. Two birds that I I found an interesting study about. One is the hummingbird, and the other one is the vulture. Now, of course, we know a, a little bit about each one of these, but both of these fly over our nation's deserts. But it's interesting as they fly over the deserts what they're looking for. 
Because as they fly over, the vulture only sees rotting meat because that's exactly what it's looking for. But the hummingbird is looking for colorful blossoms of desert plants. The vultures live on what was, but the hummingbird lives on what is. See, a lot of people live in the past. You know, they're, they're angry. They're, they hate life. Folks, we have, you should have a great outlook today because God's giving you a brand new year. You know, uh, Brother Gilbert, he, he said to me about two weeks ago, he says, I, did, I just really didn't think I was going to be here for Christmas. He goes, but God's given me another Christmas. You know, he's, he's like, the Lord's given me another opportunity. And that's exactly the way we should look at this new year is that should be our response is that you and I need to approach this new year with an appreciation of ministry. Now, again, I know you're, I'm not talking about full-time ministry, but if you are saved today, God's given you an opportunity to minister for him. And the Bible says, giving thanks to God. When Paul wrote Colossians, listen, he was writing uh, and thanking God for a prison cell. Think about that. We're not in jail this morning, right? And yet, if he can be thankful for being in a prison cell, then you and I can find a way to be thankful when we're not in one. Look at the Bible says in Colossians 1.12, the Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Folks, we have an opportunity to be appreciative. You remember the story in the Bible about the 10 lepers? Remember that story? And how, listen, all 10 of them had leprosy. And by the way, the, the leprosy is still something in the world today. Uh, and maybe they've, they've advanced a little bit, but, but back then there really wasn't, if you had leprosy, it was pretty much how long you would be able to survive before your life ended as a result of that awful disease. But you remember how they, they came across, they met Jesus that day? And how many of those lepers were healed? All 10. But how many of them actually thanked the Lord? Just one. So that's 10%. You know, and I, I don't know if this definitely isn't Bible, but somebody commented some suggestions on why the nine didn't come back to the Lord. Let's see if some of these sound similar to maybe what you'd hear nowadays. One of them wanted, waited to see if the cure was for real. One of them waited to see if it would last. One of them said that he would see Jesus later on. That's why he didn't thank him then. One decided that he had never had leprosy. One of them said that he would have gotten well anyway. One of them said that, uh, it, one of them actually went and gave all the glory to the priest. Remember how they were supposed to go show themselves to the priest before they could go back into society. One of them said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do anything anyway. One of them said any rabbi could have done the same thing. One said, I was already much improved when Jesus showed up. But one of them came back to Jesus and said, thank you. He had an appreciation. Folks, I know that we go through challenges. You're gonna, I don't know what this New Year's going to bring to you. But I know this, that we should give thanks for all things. 
all things, having the right attitude. And notice, we also see that our response definitely shows us an access of mercy because the Bible says here, giving thanks by Him, by Him. Who's that talking about? It's talking about Jesus. You think about the mercy of God in our lives. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His what? His flesh. That's not talking about a curtain, folks. Now, there certainly was that that curtain, that veil that separated, but notice that Jesus, His life, His flesh is what, what, what He gave for us. And the Bible says, having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience for our bodies and our bodies washed with pure water. How many of you are glad today for the mercy of God? I mean, folks, listen, we have access and we need to practice mercy in our lives every day in this brand new year. Look, if God has extended mercy to us, then let's extend mercy to others. It's so important that we do this. I read a true account that after Lee's surrender, there was a question that was asked, so what do we do with the rebels? What do we do with the rebels? Lincoln spoke to the large crowd from the balcony of the White House And at the end of his speech, there was a senator whose last name was Harlan, and here's what he said again. So, Mr. President, what do we do with these rebels? And the hateful crowd, kind of like in the days of Jesus, the hateful crowd that day said, hang them. Let's hang them. But at that time, one of Lincoln's children, whose name was Tad, he was 11 years old, he turned and he said to his father that day, he says, no, no, Papa. He says, not hang them. We need to hang on to them. And Lincoln said, that's right. We need to hang on to them. You know why? Because of God's mercy. We need to have that kind of mercy. And this new year is a gift from God. It's a brand new gift from God. And what you and I do with this new year is our gift to God. Opportunity is knocking. Today is the last day of 2017. Tomorrow begins a brand new year. What are you going to do with that new year? Opportunity is knocking. Can you hear it? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. I pray that you'd bless each one of us. God, you have been so good to us. You have been so merciful and gracious. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us, and may we truly appreciate you, and Lord, may we realize that everything we do is going to have a direct bearing on you and the ministry and the work of God, and I pray that you'd help us to realize how important it is, everything that we say, everything we do. May this year, may our lives count for you. May we bring honor to you. Lord, we need your power to do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.